Hasn't the presence of Jesus been sweet this morning? Uh, Before we get into the main part of the message, just uh, fathers, I thank God for you. And I want to call you out to be everything that God made you to be. Uh, He has gifted you to pastor your families. And I want you to see that. And you may not feel like you have everything you need, but you have everything you need to start. And you got a lot of help around here. (laughs) A lot. Uh, I want to say Happy Father's Day. And one of my sons told me Happy Father's Day this morning, and what welled up in my heart was, It's easy to be a happy father with sons and a daughter like I have. It is. Uh, God has blessed me with seven fine sons who are walking with God and a new daughter as of last year who loves the Lord and is walking with Him. I am richly blessed. And I think about the words of John in 1 John when he said, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in the truth. So, children, even if you're as old as I am and still a child of a father, if you want to give your father a happy Father's Day, you walk with God. Walk with Him. Encourage your father in the Lord. Pray for Him. Bless him to do and to be all that God called him to be. When Jamie asked me about uh, preaching this week or in part in this series, he said that the series was uh, that he wanted us to be speaking things that God had worked in us, things that were a significant part of our walk with God. And I was converted my second week at TCU. I had come to TCU a week early for band camp and did a bunch of things that week that I shouldn't have been doing. I didn't know the Lord yet. I'd grown up in a Christian home uh, but didn't know Jesus. Uh, And... That week, I was just miserable in the sin I was walking in. The more I walked in it, the more miserable I got. And the next week, when everybody else got on campus, I I had been assigned to Tom Brown Dormitory, which was a special programs dorm. had a waiting list of over 100 kids to get into it. I didn't even ask for it, and they put me there. It's a God thing. Uh, That dorm was divided up into small blocks of rooms instead of long halls. And out of the eight rooms, 15 guys in my block, eight guys were absolutely in love with Jesus. And there weren't that many in the rest of the dorm put together. It was a setup. (laughs) Uh, 
And before the end of that week, I had seen so much life and light in these guys compared to the darkness I had been walking in the week before that it was a no-brainer. You know, I set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. Uh, It was so clear. I I had known the gospel since I was a, a little child, but I saw Jesus as the treasure in the field worth selling everything you have with joy to go and buy it. Uh, And something that God did in my heart immediately after that was give me a hunger for His Word. Uh, Peter says that, uh, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and wrath and jealousy and envy and evil speaking, receive with me... I'm sorry, I just jumped over to James. Uh, As newborn babes desire the sincere or pure milk of the Word. And that's what he did in me. It wasn't something I consciously decided I need to do this. He just, like a new baby, he gave me a hunger for his Word. I could probably count on both hands the number of times I had read God's Word of my own accord up to that point in my life. Uh, Just one part of what I did. Sometimes I was told to read it and I read it. I was made to read it and I read it. But it was a rare thing for me to open God's Word and read it on my own. But now all of a sudden I couldn't get enough of it. And when I read it, it just came alive. And God was speaking to me. And that has been a foundation for my life and my walk with God. Uh, I loved the Word so much and I I read it so much uh, that just a few months later I'd be sitting in a Bible study and somebody was trying to remember a verse. And I'd say, well, what is it? Give, give me a little bit of what it says. And they'd give me a little bit, and I'd say, oh, that's... And I could tell them where it was. And most of what it said. And God was just pouring it into me, and I, I couldn't get enough. And what I'm asking God to do today is to create a fresh hunger like that in all of us for His Word. Because Jesus said when he was contending with the devil in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God shall he live. God's word is life to us. And we need to make some distinctions here because the written word, whether it's in digital form or print form, Uh, may or may not be life to you. The Word of God that is life to us is when we hear God speak His Word to us. There are times that I read God's Word and it's just not doing much for me. 
There are other times that I'm reading his word and I hear him speak and it is life. Now that time when I'm not hearing him is not wasted because it's still becoming part of my thinking. It's becoming part of who I am. And that's essential in walking with God. Uh, Colossians 3.16, Paul says, uh, Receive... Well, I keep trying. I don't know why I keep wanting to go to James. <laughs> Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. He says, let it live in you. Well, how does God's Word come to live in us? First, He has to speak His Word to us. We have to hear it from Him. He has to give us life, new life. Because uh, 1 Corinthians says that the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. Neither can he discern or understand them because they're spiritually discerned. God has to give us life to understand His Word. But when He gives us life, we are like newborn babies and we need that Word to maintain our life, to stay vital, alive, active, uh, able to do what He made us to do. So let's distinguish between the written Word and the spoken Word of God. They're both important. The written Word of God by itself will give you some good moral instruction. And that's it. The written word does not give you life. I know men who know a lot of this Bible and they are dead in their sins. It doesn't give life. You need to hear the voice of God. But God has spoken in His book. That's not all He has spoken. But he continues to speak this book. And when he speaks this book in your heart, it imparts things. I want to read a passage to you from uh, The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. And I don't normally like to read passages this long, but there just wasn't a good place to stop in it. Uh, so if you will bear with me. This is from the chapter called The Speaking Voice. He says, It's important that we get still to wait on God. And it's best that we get alone, preferably with the Bible outspread before us. Then, if we will, we may draw near to God and begin to hear Him speak to us in our hearts. I think for the average person, the progression will be something like this. First, a sound as of a presence walking in the garden. Then a voice, more intelligible, but still far from clear. Then the happy moment when the Spirit begins to illuminate the Scriptures, and that which had been only a sound, or at best a voice, 
now becomes an intelligible word, warm and intimate and clear as the word of a dear friend. Then will come life and light, and best of all, the ability to see and rest in and embrace Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of all. The Bible will never be a living book to us until we are convinced that God is articulate in his universe. To jump from dead, impersonal world to a dogmatic Bible is too much for most people. They may admit that they should accept the Bible as the word of God, and they may try to think of it as such, but they find it impossible to believe that the words there on the page are actually for them. A man may say, these words are addressed to me, and yet his heart not feel and know that they are. He is a victim of a divided psychology. He tries to think of God as mute everywhere else and vocal only in a book. I believe that much of our religious unbelief is due to a wrong conception of and a wrong feeling for the scriptures of truth. A silent God suddenly began to speak in a book, and when the book was finished, lapsed back into silence again forever. Now we read the book as a record of what God said when he was for a brief time in a speaking mood. With notions like that in our heads, how can we believe? The, fact that, the facts are that God is not silent, never has been silent. It is the nature of God to speak. The second person of the Holy Trinity is called the Word. The Bible is the inevitable outcome of God's continuous speech. It is the infallible declaration of His mind for us put into familiar human words. I think a new world will arise out of the religious mists when we approach our Bible with the idea that is not only a book which was once spoken, but a book which is now speaking. If you would follow on to know the Lord, come at once to the open Bible, expecting it to speak to you. Do not come with the notion that it is a thing which may, you may push around at your convenience. It is more than a thing. It is a voice, a word, the very word of the living God. Lord, teach me to listen. The times are noisy and my ears are weary with the thousand raucous sounds which continuously assault me. Give me the spirit of the boy Samuel when he said to you, Speak, for your servant hears. Let me hear you speaking in my heart. Let me get used to the sound of your voice, that its tones may be familiar when the sounds of earth die away and only the only sound will be the music of your speaking voice. God's word is our life. The word is important to us for a lot of reasons. I've listed a few. You have, have those in your notes. This is a very short list compared to why his word is important. But most of all, his word is important because it's his word. It is the word of God. First Thessalonians 2.13, Paul says, 
For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. It is his word. Receive it as such. Receive it as a revelation of Jesus. Because that's what it is. The Word of God is a foundation for our lives. It is not the foundation. It is a foundation for our lives because it reveals Jesus Christ who is the foundation. Paul says no other foundation can be laid than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. He is it. He is the one on whom our life is built. And the Word of God reveals Him to us. There are things we will go a long time without learning about Jesus if we try to walk with Him without staying in the written Word of God. God gave this to us to let us know who He is and to speak who He is to us. Jesus talking to the Pharisees, the unbelieving Jews, said, search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they that testify of me, he said. <laughs> he said, you're not going to find life in the Scriptures until you find me in the Scriptures. There's life there, but the life is the life of Jesus. He is the living Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And verse 14, that's John 1. Verse 14, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory. The glory as the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. The glory of Jesus revealed. The Word of God become flesh. Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who at various times and ways spoke in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. And the rest... The rest of it's good, but we don't have time to go there. <laughs> uh, he says, He has spoken to us in these last days by His Son. In the Greek, that word by there is the word in. In His Son. And I don't think it's twisting things too much, probably not at all, to look at that this way. What language do you speak in? Most of you in English. Some people speak in Spanish or German or a multitude of other languages. And God is saying, I spoke to you Jews in Hebrew for over a thousand years and you didn't get it. I'm going to talk to you in a language you can understand. I'm going to talk to you in Jesus. I'm going to become flesh and live among you 
and reveal myself as you have never seen me before. Jesus, the living Word. And God is speaking, has been speaking in that language to us, to His people ever since. The Word of God is a filter for us. And before we get through with this today, we're going to look and focus in on the idea of meditating on God's Word. And for the Word to be an effective filter, we have to meditate on it. We need to memorize it. It needs to be part of our mind. But we need to meditate on it until it becomes part of our heart, part of who we are. And when that happens, God's Word can be a filter for us. Thoughts come into our mind and, and it's like a filter and it just, you know, that, that doesn't belong. Uh, you know, there's lots of different sources for thoughts in your head. Some of them come from God. A lot of them come from you. Some of them come from other people and some of them come from the devil. In uh, Matthew, I believe it's chapter 23, uh, no, I'm sorry, 16, I think it is, 1623, uh, Jesus has been talking with the disciples, and he asks them, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And Peter, they go through some different things, and he says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So where did that thought in Peter's head come from? It came from God. The Father revealed that to him. Peter didn't figure out by all that Jesus had done that he was the Son of God. It was a revelation of the Father. Just a few verses later, Jesus has told the disciples that He's going to Jerusalem and that He's going to be crucified. And three days later, rise from the dead, and Peter says, Not so, Lord. We're not going to let that happen. And what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, who? Satan. For you don't savor the things that are of God. Within a few moments, Peter went from hearing God to hearing Satan. And that thought from Satan didn't get filtered out. So he took it as his own. When God's Word is hidden in our heart, it acts like a filter. We still have to use it, but uh, it helps discern what is right and what is wrong? What is God and what is me? Uh, I don't think I have to worry as much about the thoughts the devil gives me as just the ones that I come up with. I've got the problem of thinking I'm pretty smart sometimes. And uh, God thinks otherwise. Uh, he says, uh, For as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my thoughts above your thoughts and my ways above your ways. If I'm going to think like God thinks, I have to saturate myself with His thoughts. 
until it begins to force out the others. Uh, I'm like a glass full of rocks. And you can fill that glass up with water. And it's full. The water, let's say, is the Word and the Spirit of God. Uh, But uh, it's full to the brim. But it doesn't have as much as it can hold. There's still a lot of other stuff in there. And as we hide the Word of God in our hearts, it pushes some of those rocks out so I can contain more of Him, uh, more of His life, more of His mind, more of His heart. The Word of God, even apart from being hidden in our hearts, can act as a filter. The Bereans... uh, Paul had preached in Thessalonica and there had been a lot of trouble there. The Jews rejected the word that he he had preached by and large. There were some conversions, but uh, there was an uproar about what he had preached. And uh, Paul went to Berea. And he said, and it is said there, that uh, the Bereans were not like those in Thessalonica, for they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the Scriptures daily to see whether it was so. And that is such a beautiful balance that we need to keep in our hearts. Not a skeptical mind, a ready mind, but at the same time, I don't take just everything that anybody tells me God thinks or says. It's got to go through the Word. It's got to be filtered out. And uh, the more His Word... In, is in our hearts, the better that filter works. The finer the mesh gets on the filter, so not as much stuff can get through. God's Word is important to us because it's powerful. Romans chapter 4, verse 17, talking about Abraham, it says that... uh, Abraham believed in God. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. God, by his word, calls into existence things that do not exist. And God can put his word in your heart so that sometimes when you speak, God speaks too. And he calls things that do not exist into existence. He calls whole bodies into existence that don't exist before. He calls healthy souls into existence where there was brokenness. And he can do that through you as his word is hidden in your heart and He speaks through you. God's Word is cleansing and transforming. Jesus said in uh, John 15, 3, well, let's just start at the beginning. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears fruit, 
that bears not fruit he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you. And that word clean there is the same word as prune in the previous verses. He says, I'm the vine, my father is the vine dresser. If you're bearing a little bit of fruit, the father's going to come in and prune out the stuff that's sapping life away uh, so you can bear more fruit. And he said, now you are pruned by what? By the word which I have spoken to you. God ever come and speak to you and say, this needs to go. (laughs) Uh, That's really getting in the way of your fellowship with me. You would be so much more fruitful without this. He is not uh, out to hurt you when he starts cutting. He's pruning you so you can bring forth more fruit. And he does that through his word. He does it through the preached word. He does it through the written word. He does it when he just comes and speaks by his Holy Spirit in your heart as you're walking by the way. But let his word prune you, yield to it. Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the Word. The Word is like pure water flowing through us. Uh, Keith Green used wind instead of water illustration, but he had a song that said, Rushing wind blow through this temple, blowing out the dust within. Come and breathe your breath upon me. The water of God's Word flowing through us cleanses us. My experience has been when I've gone a while without meditating and I start memorizing and meditating on God's Word again, I start having bizarre dreams at night for a few weeks. And I think it's just God clearing stuff out uh, that needed to be gone. Uh, He flushes us out with His Word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Anybody finish that? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Psalm 119. All of Psalm 119 is about the word of God. Um, Word is important because it's a love letter from Jesus. It is an expression of his love for us. I'd like to spend more time on a lot of these, but we need to move on. Uh, Jamie was mentioning uh, Jimmy Seibert's new book, and I want to put a plug in for that as well. One reason that, or the main reason that uh, my family is here at Christ Fellowship is because a couple of summers ago, we read as a family, the church can change the world. And that vision got all over us. And we start saying, there's got to be a church around here. 
with this vision. Went online and found CF, and we've been here ever since. Uh, but on page 86 of his new book, uh, Jimmy says, Without the Word of God, the work of God in a person's life isn't sustainable. Without the Word of God, the work of God in your life is not sustainable. It may last a few days, it may last a few weeks, but it's going to dry up because we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Uh, Job went through a difficult time. He couldn't find God. He said, I, I look before me, he's not there. I look behind me, I can't see him. On the left hand where he works, on the right hand, I can't find him. But he knows the way that I take, and when I'm tried, I will come forth as gold. And about two verses later, he says, I have esteemed your word more than my necessary food. What got him through that time when he couldn't experience God the way he wanted to, he was hanging on to the words that God had spoken to him before as he sought God. Now, for years I applied that passage to the written word until it dawned on me that most scholars believe Job was the first book of the Bible to be put into print. So it wasn't... <laughs> He wasn't talking about the Torah, most likely. He was talking about things he had heard from the living God. And that kept him going in the times when he couldn't hear God like he wanted to. So Paul says to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Let's look real quickly at what that looks like. How do we get the Word of God dwelling in us? The main thing, God's Word, hidden in our hearts and meditated on, transforms our lives by transforming our thoughts and affections as we see Jesus more clearly and love Him more fully. The goal is God's Word hidden in our hearts so that we might see Jesus more clearly. And when we see Him, we are told, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of our God. You don't become more like Jesus by reading a list of rules and trying to follow them. You become more like Jesus by seeing Him, by beholding Him. And when you see Him, you become more like Him. John, in 1 John, uh, says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when we see Him, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. When we see Jesus, we become like Him. And He is revealed in His Word. Treasure His Word as the revelation of Jesus. 
Okay, what is meditation? It's not sitting with your knees crossed and your eyes closed uh, repeating syllables. To meditate means to take a passage of Scripture and consider it deeply in faith, laying hold on it, rehearsing it, praying it, looking for Jesus in it, and yielding to the Holy Spirit as He applies it to your life. But it starts with taking that word and chewing on it. Uh, The word to meditate, uh, the picture that we get there, when you look at the meaning of that word, is a cow chewing the cud. How many of you uh, get a lot of nutrition out of grass? Anybody? I don't see any hands. You don't because you don't have the ability to digest it. And the only way a cow can do that is because it has four stomachs. And it eats some grass, it chews it up, it swallows it, it goes down, mixes with digestive juices, but it's still not ready to get nutrients out of it yet. And it brings it back up a little later in the day. The cows will eat for, for a while and then they'll go lay down. And uh, it lays there and it'll pull this back up and chew on it some more. And then it goes down to its second stomach. And then it brings back up and it chews on it some more. And after it's done that four times, now it's getting the nutrients out of it. And that's what we need to be doing with God's Word. You need to be chewing on it all day long. The brother, one of two men that got me started memorizing and meditating in God's Word shortly after I was converted, got to see him again this last week. He's about 75 years old now. Just as full of the life and love of Jesus. Probably more full than ever. He was telling me that... uh, he can't read spiritual books before he goes to bed. He's, he used to teach history at Memphis State. He said, I'll read a history book before I go to bed at night. He said, if I read a spiritual book, I just get too pumped up and I can't go to sleep. That's where this guy's heart is. And at 75 years old, he still carries a card around in his pocket with verses on it. And he will go over those verses. He said, to, he just told me this week, sometimes a hundred times in a day as he's memorizing. He's, he just started memorizing the book of Colossians. That's what his project is right now, is to get the book of Colossians down. Uh, so start by memorizing just a verse. If you've already done verses, go bigger. You can do a chapter. You could do a book. You really can. Uh, one semester at TCU, I made the, the foolish vow at the beginning of a semester that I would memorize the book of Colossians that semester. And God takes vows seriously, and I, I took it seriously. And after a couple of weeks, I had the first chapter down. And then I let it slip, and God reminded me about this about two weeks before the end of the semester with finals coming on. And uh, in the last two weeks of the semester, I memorized three chapters of Colossians. And I remember that 
actually better than most of the other things I have memorized. Uh, you can do it. It's a lot harder for me now than it was back then. Uh, young people, I encourage you to start early. Uh, parents, I encourage you to start early with your children. Most of our sons, by the time they were two years old, could probably quote five to ten verses. Had no clue what they meant. That's all right. It was there. And it's still there. Uh, you help them hide God's Word in your heart. When you have it hidden in your heart, then pray it through the day. Pray it through the day. For, turn it into first person. Change the you's and things like that into me. Uh, make it your personal prayer to God. First John, uh, John says that uh, this is the confidence that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desired of Him. And when you're praying His Word, you can have pretty good confidence you're asking according to His will. So turn it into a prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit questions about it. Study it. And we're not going to have time to get into the study tips and things. I just, I've listed a few programs on there. If you want to know more about how to study the Word, I'll be happy to, to talk with you. Uh, but uh, let's go over the memory tips real quickly. You can either do this by topics or passages. Topics of Scripture. Uh, navigators used to put out little packets. Uh, uh, you'd have about six verses on spiritual warfare and uh, six verses on the love of God. and uh, Those were great. They fit in your pocket and you can pull them out and Flip through the ones you've learned to review them. Uh, you can do that all digitally now. There's a really good program or app for iPhone and Android called Remember Me. I highly recommend it. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember which is which. One of them is free and the other operating system costs five bucks. Uh, but it's well worth the money. Um, when you're memorizing, just a few tricks that help. As you go over a verse, emphasize each word separately. We're back on uh, John 15. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. And... It helps that word stick in your mind, but it, did you notice insight that you get as you emphasize different words? It comes alive when you do that. There are, in, there are insights that you get from the word the. I am the true vine. There is no other. I am the true vine. There's a lot of false vines out there. A lot of places you can try to draw life and nourishment from. They're false. They don't satisfy. I'm the true vine. For uh, 
after you start to get it down, do you have the uh, the first letter page? What the thing that has been most helpful to me to get verses down once I've got it somewhat is uh, to make out a card, and that's one thing I like about this uh, Remember Me app. It does this for you, and you can choose what version you want to do it in. I used to make out uh, 3x5 cards like this, and it reminds you, this is the first letter of each word. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you, and so on. And that way you can have to recall it, but you don't have to look back at the whole thing if you get stuck somewhere. This I I highly recommend for hiding God's word in your mind. Okay, We're going to distinguish between hiding it in our mind and hiding it in our heart. Memorizing is not enough. You've got to take it to the Lord and let Him bring it to you. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will and it will be done unto you. For His word to abide in us, I must treasure His word. That's when it's in my heart. It's when I treasure it, when I think it, when that's what comes to my mind and my heart when I see things. That is God's Word hidden in our hearts. Seek the Lord in His Word. Draw near to Him in His Word and let Him speak to you. He is the speaking God. May He break through. Help us to set aside, to step away from all the noise. and get quiet before Him and hear His voice. Amen. If you would uh, stand, please, and the worship team, ministry team, if you all would.